pioneered the stem cell research. Abortion. Birth. Loving lives. A look at the heartland's life issues and its pro-life people. Hi, and welcome to Loving Life, your local heartland pro-life show here on Spirit Catholic Radio, Catholic Radio for the Christian Community. This is Anne Marie Bowen from Nebraskans United for Life and New Life Pregnancy Resource Center. We are so pleased that you joined us here today. And as we have done in the past, um, we try to keep you informed of the pro-life issues locally, nationally, and internationally. Today we have a guest who will be talking to us um, about his life story and about chastity and how that uh, is in relation to life. And um, I would like you to meet now uh, for this moment and then we will open with a prayer. A convert to Catholicism. Welcome, Wade Ryan. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you so much. We're glad you joined us. Let us open then with a prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen, we pray. Father, we approach you today and we especially pray as we do each day for chastity in our lives, our families' lives, and the world. That's always one of the pleas that is said in my prayer each day, Lord. So today we have the opportunity to speak to someone and we ask that you bless him specially, that you give him special graces and the opportunity to share a story that will affect many lives and especially in the area of chastity, Lord, and you know this. So we thank you for this opportunity. We thank you for giving us Catholic Radio to be able to spread the story. And we pray, our Father who art in heaven, Hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Lord, thank you for life. Our Lady of Guadalupe, pray for us and the unborn. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. And again, audience, this is Anne Marie Bowen from Nebraskans United for Life and New Life Pregnancy Resource Center here on our Loving Life radio show. And we are interviewing, or actually just conversing with, Wade Ryan. Wade, again, welcome to Loving Life. Thank you, Anne Marie. Please do begin telling your story uh, that will, I think, impact many people uh, in the life issues. I'm going to use two words that have been used for several decades to begin with and describe myself as a gay Christian. And I may have acted like a moron at different times in my life, but I am not an oxymoron. I'm not an oxymoron because God is able to redeem all things, even me. Amen. And so, I'm going to begin at the beginning. I'll, when I reach the end, I'll stop. <laughs> I was born in a fairly small, upcoming Southern California beach town to a 15-year-old girl. When her mother 
found out she was pregnant, her mother started to arrange for an abortion. My little mother absolutely would have nothing to do with it. And I was told by the people who had spoken with her before my birth that she said, no one can kill the baby inside my tummy. Mm. So she ran away from home. Law enforcement picked her up and realized there was twist to the story that, that mom shouldn't be arranging an abortion. It was illegal back then. Mm -hmm. And so they took her to a judge who had had some experience with uh, such children, and he had a friend be the lawyer. John was the lawyer, and John's wife, Rosemary, worked in the local memorial hospital on the board of directors. She had helped a couple adopt a son under the same kind of circumstances four years prior. Uh -huh. So through all of this, I was adopted by Doris and Robert Burton, and my name was Donald Burton. That's how it is on my birth certificate. The legal part of it was finished nine months after my birth. My little mother never saw me. There was none of the out-of-the-womb bonding whatsoever. I every day pray thanks for her. She saved my life. And, and we join you in that. Yeah. And what a courageous little child she was. I was told I was adopted from a very early age. That was fine. A little later, I was to told the story behind it. In our family, we were just naturally pro-life. That's how it was in society at that time. Mm -hmm. And so as I got a little older and people started talking about abortion and birth control and all of that, I still had at least about abortion correct in my mind. In grammar school, I started to really become just obsessed with everything Catholic to the point that we were nominal Lutherans. Mom and Dad wouldn't take us to church, so I'd get all dressed up and go on my bike and ride about two and a half miles to uh, St. Lawrence Catholic Church, and I would attend Mass. And I remember knowing the different parts of the Mass, I think someone must have told me. But I wanted so bad to be a Catholic. I also became aware that there was something about me that was different from any of the other little boys that I knew. I couldn't quite place what it was or what it meant until I came into adolescence, and I still didn't even have a word for it. But I did notice that my hopes and my dreams, not just my uh, attraction, they always included a man, not a wife. So in eighth grade, I opened Look Magazine, and they had an article about those uh, degenerate men who uh, sleaze around in dirty alleys and smelly bars seeking to have terrible sex with each other. And I kind of backed off, and then I saw the word homosexual, and I thought, is that what I am? There's a word for me, and I'm not the only one. But I'm not going to be like those guys. Little did I know. So when I got in high school, it became Hades on Earth for me. I had a, quite a lot of rather feminine behavioral traits. I wasn't even aware of them at the time. It's just how it was. And I was, became the school faggot out of 1,200 students. My life was horrible.
um, and I just kept facing it. I was threatened everything from wraith to death. I was constantly called horrible names, um, jeered at, to the point that I didn't even attend my high school graduation because I didn't want my parents to be embarrassed. Mm. Near the end of my high school time, I decided to pick up the guitar and start writing some songs. Joan Baez was then my hero. Oh yeah, that was the time. Yes. And one of the songs was a little protest song, asking the world to leave us homosexuals be, to live in peace and harmony. Right around that time, I was told of a new church that had just opened, Metropolitan Community Church. It's a church for homosexuals. Well, I went, and I was really pleased because the big lie that had been told so often that God hates us and wants us to go to hell, period, end of discussion, it didn't count there. So for me, I felt I was in my element. There, I participated in the first homosexual rights picket. And it was through the church, and a few weeks later I met the man who organized all of this in San Francisco because a friend of his had been fired for being homosexual. Very quickly, I was in San Francisco, partnered with that man, Leo Lawrence, who began the whole gay civil rights movement. Right. And I was one of the most recognizable gay liberation movement people because of my songs. That was the soft way of saying it. I spoke of love and romance and a few protest songs. Eventually, unfortunately, some erotic elements went into those songs as well. And that was basically my life and my outlook until I was 49 years old. And along with it, I had a very deep interest in all things occult and metaphysical. And this was even from childhood, even though I really wanted to be Catholic. I thought it could all mix together. And during, it was during the AIDS crisis especially that I became more and more involved in magic, magic with a K. We're talking mm -hmm. about the dark forces. So... I got burned out from the AIDS problems in San Francisco and I moved to Arkansas where I thought it would be quieter. And that's where my life really began. And that's where your life, where it is today, really began. Yes. What a great opportunity to learn uh, from moving from one portion of the United States to another. Why did you choose the south, southern part of the United States where I would think there would be all kinds of prejudice there, especially uh, probably for homosexuals? I was an occult expert, and I was teaching classes in Fayetteville, Arkansas. I see. And so when I needed to, to leave and get out of all of that, I came to Arkansas. My friends that owned the shop where I taught got a, a house for me. The reason I ended up in Arkansas, though, was not conscious on my part until right. my conversion. And then I realized I was in exactly the right place. Right where the Holy Spirit put you. Absolutely. Uh, I love that. Okay, audience, we are going to take a quick break. 
Uh, and then we will learn about Wade's uh, new beginning in his life and um, I think more about his conversion to Catholicism and uh, his understanding of homosexuality and what it is today. So don't go away. We will be right back. This is Anne Marie Bowen from Nebraska United for Life and New Life Pregnancy Resource here on Spirit Catholic Radio. We'll be right back with Wade Ryan. <laughs> Mornings with Bruce McGregor and Jen Brown. Join us Monday as we highlight our superstar Catholic schools. Archdiocese of Omaha Catholic School Superintendent Patrick Slattery will be here. Dan Harms from the Catholic Humor Band Popple joins us for a Music Monday. And Sharon Dorn from SeekingTruth.net helps us break open the first part of Luke 22 for the Good Book Club. Tune in Spirit Mornings Monday starting at 6.40. Only on Spirit Catholic Radio. Ralph Martin, nationally acclaimed speaker, will speak on the new evangelization at St. Michael Parish, 9101 South 78th Street in Lincoln, Monday, February 3rd at 7 p.m. The talks are entitled, Called to Holiness. Is it possible? And the new evangelization, me, an evangelist? St. Michael Parish is located just south and just west of the corner of 84th Street and Yankee Hill Road in Southeast Lincoln. And the website is stmichaellincoln.org. You're all invited to the 9th Annual Spirit Celebration Dinner, Thursday, February 27th at Pius X High School in Lincoln. The evening will kick off with a social time at 6 p.m., followed by a buffet dinner and program at 7. This year's program will honor Spirit Award honorees Father Gary Coulter, Father Daniel Rayer, Jim and Sue Rue, Dan and Barb Sheppers, Father Adam Chagru, and Dr. Brian and Mary Welty. There's limited seating available, so reserve your tickets now. All reservations are needed by February 14th at spiritcatholicradio.com or by calling 402-571-0200. The 9th Annual Spirit Celebration Dinner, Thursday, February 27th, for the first time at Pius X High School in Lincoln. If you can hear this, you're invited. So please join us in celebrating 15 years of Catholic Radio helping others encounter Jesus. And Omaha listeners, your Spirit Celebration Dinner will be March 4th. Visit our website for details. The Pita Pit at the east end of the L Street Marketplace on 122nd Street in Omaha has pitas, salads, and more, and catering platters available. Their phone number is 402-934-4100. Spirit Catholic Radio thanks Chris and the pit crew at the Pita Pit for their support. The Rolston Arena presents Fox News Channel's Bill O'Reilly, Friday, January 31st at 8 p.m. Bill O'Reilly is host of The O'Reilly Factor on Fox, an author and journalist. Tickets are available at the Ralston Arena ticket office or online at homepridetix.com Hi and welcome back to Loving Life, your local Heartland pro-life show here on Spirit Catholic Radio, Catholic Radio for the Christian community. And we are so pleased you stayed to the other side of our Loving Life show. Uh, if you are just tuning in, we have been speaking with a gentleman by the name of Wade Ryan. And he has been sharing his conversion story to Catholicism. And also a new look on abstinence and chastity in his life. So um, if you missed the first half, don't forget where you can always archive this uh, tomorrow. 
uh, or right after the show. It should be on for archives. So uh, you can always listen to the first half of the show. But welcome back. And uh, Wade, you uh, finished with the first half of the show by saying, and then there was a new beginning for my life. So let's go from there. Yes, there was. I have been living my life, my sexual orientation part of my life, and that was the major focus at the time, because that's what we had. Mm -hmm. And I was living it within the great lie, the great lie told by so many people who are well-meaning, but incorrect, that God hates us degenerates and we're going to hell, period, end mm -hmm. of discussion. And our loving God. Our loving God. Mm. So I was pretty mad at God. I didn't particularly like that Jesus guy. But I still had fond memories. So as getting involved in Wicca, witchcraft, you get to choose your own god and goddess energetic archetype. And I chose the Blessed Virgin Mary in the Our Lady of Grace form. Mm. And I thought, oh, I guess I should learn this rosary thing. I don't much like Jesus, and I'm not going to worry about the mysteries. I'll just pray it. So I got a little plastic rosary, and I was practicing. It, it takes a little time to be able to get that string of prayers going. Right. And as I was stepping off the curb into the street, walking my dog directly across from my house, I prayed the words, Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us now. And the next thing I knew, I was on my knees. I had fallen down, and she was with me, mm. and she was praying for me, and I knew it. And a huge tsunami of absolute clarity of truth and love beyond anything I even imagined swept me for quite a while, and I realized everything about my life was inside out, and I had to make a change. Wow. I was really unhappy with the idea. I loved being God of my little universe. Mm -hmm. I loved being what I was and had, had promoted for so many years. And yet I knew this is it. Catholic, I've promised to be, I wanted to be, and I am. I have to go do this now. And I tried to bargain with God most of the night. I woke up in the morning and I realized I didn't weigh anything anymore. I wasn't carrying all that baggage anymore. Mm. I didn't have to. Guess who had been carrying it anyway, really? On his cross. So, I got in our CIA. And on April 22nd, in the year 2000, Father Paul Worm, in behalf of Bishop Sarton in Arkansas, confirmed me as a Catholic. Many friends who were... Various throughout the area said you were glowing, literally glowing, when he put his hands on you. Mm. And I was aware that I was weeping in overwhelmed joy. Right. And the tears were not coming down. They were squirting out sideways and hitting the poor people next to me. Wow. The whole idea of my sexual orientation was something that I just kind of said, I'm going to let you work this out, God, because... I'm not sure what to think or do with it. I did open the catechism, the new big green one. Mm -hmm. And I went directly to the uh, index and found homosexuality. I did not like the words that were used. They seemed so cold and harsh. And 
So I opened up the dictionary, and the words that bothered me were intrinsically disordered and objectively disordered. But a disorder is, gosh, anything. I'm born with a congenital disorder, the little hole between two of the chambers of my heart, the results of which were I had two strokes into my left brain at one point because of the clotting. Mm -hmm. There are people who are born blind. There are people who are born hyperactive, uh, autistic, mentally ill, crippled, and so on. These are all disorders. And I thought, well, you're telling the truth. Okay. And Father Paul Worm, I love you, Father Paul. <laughs> he and the staff there got me completely away from the whole idea of what I was missing through celibacy to what I was doing in life. I am led to lead a whole lifetime of holy chastity. I was looking for that man in all the wrong places and all the wrong faces. The only man for me, and this is not a homosexual sentiment, mm -hmm. is our Lord Jesus Christ. Right. And that's what God did to redeem this disorientation. Now, I always believed I had been born this way, and I still do. But I believe that God made me this way, and that was the error in thinking. We are all conceived except the Blessed Virgin Mary, only one creature of all. We're all conceived in the stain of original sin. The thing that manifests in me as one of the things beside the little hole in my heart is my sexual orientation. It's disordered. It's out of the natural order, which means the way God intends it to be, not the way it is unfolding in these days. So for me, my life, people say, oh, I don't want, I don't want you to have to feel uh, lonely or unfulfilled. I was never fulfilled or satisfied. I was always lonely with all those men. You were always looking for the Lord. I was always looking for the Lord. And I am, I won't say I'm never lonely, but it's so rare because I'm only lonely when I forget he's right there with me and mm -hmm. he's there with his mother. And if I get really lonely, I can walk into a church and go up to the tabernacle and say, I'm lonely, God. Mm -hmm. And he envelops me. And... That's my message, is that God redeems everything. I am still what I am. But what I really am now, that is faded into the background. I am a lover, meaning one who loves, of God. He is my most beloved loved one. There is hope for a person even like me. And if there is, there's hope for every single person on this planet. Beautiful. What a conversion story. And what a good story for those that are in their circumstances right now, uh, where they don't know where it is they should go next. Yes. You've given them all the, the answers. You've told them who the answer is. So, Wade... How is it that you see now uh, from your conversion and your understanding of your 
sexual orientation, uh, how is it that um, you look at marriage? So many people today want to say that we are harming the homosexual community, so to speak, by not allowing them to marry. But when you were talking about natural law, how does that follow then with marriage? Well, let me explain the process I got to go through. And the first part I will tell you is my dear friend Lauren, who's sitting next to me here, she mentioned that this is a life issue. And I thought, huh? So I went home and I thought about it. Homogenital sex is no different than abortion, no different than condoms, no different than the pill, no different in the fact that when we do it, we are slamming the door in God's face because he wants people to propagate humans. He wants more souls to create and he loves to create. It's what makes God love being God. Right. And so this gay marriage issue, I am very against it, obviously. But I asked Jesus and Mary one evening to just inform me. And every time I ask, inform me, it comes out in a homily or it comes in the reading or I may just open the Bible and there my eyes are right on the answer and that's what happened. I was in Matthew 19. The Pharisees were trying to trick Jesus and asked about divorce, but he wasn't going to speak about divorce until he spoke about marriage. Mm -hmm. And he said, have you not read male and female? He made them and he who made them said, therefore a man will leave his father and mother and will cleave to his wife. Thus they will become one flesh. That's so important that Jesus repeated that second sentence. And then he said, what God hath joined together, let no man put asunder. The minister doesn't marry you. The priest doesn't. The judge, the justice of the peace. God joins you together. And Jesus has given the perfect definition of holy matrimony, and that is marriage. I'm just not eligible, that's all. I've had strokes, I can't drive a car now. I'm just not eligible. If you will read Matthew 19, Jesus also tells us that there are three types of eunuchs, and you have to broaden your view on that. It's not just the castrati. I am of the first kind. I was made so from the womb. Then there's the second kind, made so by man. And then there's the third kind, which have chosen to become eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. And they're not mutilating themselves. Right. So, yes, I was made for, so from the womb. But again, it was original sin that made me disoriented. It's a sexual disorientation. And so all of this came together and I thought, I've done a lot of damage in my life. I made history. I, yes, civil rights has come about, but now we're overshooting. Marriage isn't a civil right. It's a sacrament. It's not an, uh, an agreement you make about property. And so I came to you and asked if I could tell my story. And to encourage people, don't worry about loneliness. Don't worry about dissatisfaction. 
it comes because God alone suffices. Amen. Well, well put. And so you're, you're agreeing with the church that God instituted marriage. He instituted marriage really, um, in my mind, even with Adam and Eve, because they were full of grace before original sin. And then he had to show us afterwards, when he sent his son, that marriage was instituted by God, and that when a man and a woman promise to love each other till their days are over, and they have their happiness forever in heaven, hopefully, uh, that that's why this is God's plan for humanity. Absolutely. Yeah. That is the natural order. That's the natural order. And, and that's where children come from. That's where, where life brings from. from. There's the life issue. There. I want to participate in life. Participating means for me, in great part, holy chastity. I love everyone. And I have he who is my beloved. It's enough, and this way I can stand up straight and say, I am a sinner, like all the rest of us. Like all of us, amen. Well, Wade, Ryan, thank you so much for sharing that story, and it is a life story. Um, audience, please know that um, we encourage you to contact us and let us know of any uh, topic, pro-life topic you'd like us to talk about. You can reach us at Nebraskans United for Life at NUFL.org or uh, by phone at 402-399-0299. That's 399-0299. Again, thank you for joining us. And remember, always pray for life. Bye-bye. God bless.